Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod coming at you late on a Thursday night recording just as the Giants and 49ers are wrapping up here. Cody is putting in the late night hours here on vacation. Uh, he is in the Eastern Time Zone as well, so it's going to be pretty late out there when we're done with this one. I'm a little under the weather. I am uh, kind of fighting against the clock here because I took a NyQuil right before this podcast started. So hopefully I am still uh, alive and kicking <laughs> by the end of it. Uh, but in the interest of us being on the clock here, Cody, uh, how about you go ahead and just hit the drop? We'll fly into the news and notes, not waste the people's time. Perfect. Let's get it. Let's get, oh, let's jump into it. Have you heard the news? Time for Nick's news and notes from around the NFL. Pretty big piece of injury news out of Dallas today. Not necessarily fantasy relevant, but definitely relevant in the NFL world. Trevon Diggs tore his ACL in practice. He will be out for the season. A big hit to the Cowboys. Certainly looked like a uh, early contender for the Super Bowl. Cody was right on the money at this point uh, with his pick uh, early on in the offseason of the Dallas Cowboys to make it out of the NFC. But this is a pretty big hit to them. Hopefully, uh, you know they can kind of pick up the pieces. Their front seven does a good job of masking their secondary, but yeah, it's, it just, it just sucks to lose a young stud number one corner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't really have too much to add there. Like I said, for just sake of uh, saving time, it definitely does suck. Obviously we will have to see how Dallas can kind of work around this. They just gave him a pretty big contract too. So uh, a lot of money coming his way over the next couple of years as he comes off of this ACL injury. Yeah, did get his contract already, so hopefully he comes back. Uh, no worse for wear early on in the season, so you hope he is ready to go for week one of 2024. But, Cody, I am going to go ahead and fly through the rest of these news and notes. Stop me if you have something you want to talk about, but otherwise I am just going to push through here. Bryce Young will miss week three with an ankle injury. Don't think this really affects the fantasy options in Carolina very much. Uh, with the way Bryce Young is playing, I don't think Andy Dalton is much of a step down if he's a step down at all. Joe Burrow, DNP on Thursday. That was their first practice of the week, though, since they played Monday. So we will know more. Uh, the Friday practice report should be very telling for the Bengals and Joe Burrow status on Monday. Austin Eckler, another DNP on Thursday. The vibes out of uh, Chargers camp seem to be that he will miss one more week here. So think you can get some utility out of Josh Kelly this weekend if you uh, happen to keep him on your roster. Derrick Henry, DNP on Thursday. It was uh, it was for a toe injury and rest, as it was listed on the, uh, the Titans website. But I think he is expected to play. This was mostly just a maintenance issue, uh, something to keep an eye on, but he should be all right. David Montgomery, DNP Thursday. This was expected. He will probably miss this game and one more. Jalen Waddell, also a DNP on Thursday. He has to clear the concussion protocol, as well as Anthony Richardson, another guy that was a DNP on Thursday. Both of them need to clear the concussion protocol, so they only have really one more day before um, you know they are pretty much going to just be out for this weekend. Christian Watson, DNP on Thursday. Uh, but this was not a setback. They they planned this from the start. They brought him back on Wednesday. Uh, they were going to give him this day of rest. So Friday should be super telling on whether or not he will play this weekend. DK Metcalf, uh, he had a rib injury from this past weekend. He came back into the game after hurting his ribs. So I think he'll be fine. Uh, he had a DNP on Thursday. I, I do not uh, – I don't – it does not look like he was going to miss the game this Sunday. But uh, keep an eye on it, I guess. Uh, you can probably plan on having DK Metcalf, though. 
Zay Jones, another guy DNP on Thursday because of a knee issue. This one looks like a little more 50-50. I would be a lot more interested in Christian Kirk if he doesn't play. Kadarius Toney, he had a DNP on Thursday with a toe injury. Lots of toe injuries around the NFL right now. Uh, the turf toe is really spreading at the moment, but uh, looks like he could actually miss this weekend as well with his prior injury history. I think the Chiefs would be wise to keep him out of a game they are favored by 13 at home in. Justice Hill, another guy that is a DNP because of a toe injury. He is expected in this week three at this point, so it should be uh, a good the Gus Edwards show on Sunday against the Colts. Puka Nakua, DNP on Thursday. Again, this was their first practice, so it's more like a Wednesday practice uh, for the Rams. He's expected to go on Monday night. Don't worry about that one. Devonta Smith popped up on the injury report with a thigh-slash-hamstring injury on Thursday. He was limited in practice. Uh, I didn't hear anything about an injury for him coming out of the game on Sunday, so something to monitor, but it looks like he'll be all right. Aaron Jones, he returned to a limited practice on Thursday, so he might actually have a chance to play this weekend. Isaiah Pacheco similarly returned to a limited practice Thursday. Hopefully he can get back for that juicy matchup against the Bears on Sunday. Monra St. Brown, he also returned to a limited practice on Thursday, so it looks like he may have a chance to play this weekend as well with turf toe. Josh Reynolds, another Detroit player on the practice report, or excuse me, on the injury report. He was limited with a groin injury uh, both Wednesday and Thursday, so it seems like he's good to go, but man, they are really beat up right now. And then Jacoby Myers, uh, the final bit of actual good news here, put in a full practice on Thursday. Looks like he will be good to go for Sunday night against the Steelers. Cody, whew. Do you have any reaction to any of those injury updates? I I just want to say I appreciate you going through all of that. That is definitely a mouthful, and you uh, you definitely bring your A game there. So appreciate it. Um, I did want to let the people know I will post maybe, let's say, Saturday afternoon on our Facebook, like a start-sit uh, post that you can comment on with some of your decisions. So if some of these injuries continue to linger through Friday into the weekend and you have some other questions that maybe we don't address because it'll probably be a little bit of a quicker version, uh, feel free to ask us on there. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions. So if anything comes up, hit us up on socials. Otherwise, like I said, we'll get into a lot of these names again as we go through these previews. So don't want to uh, jump the gun on any of these conversations. Yeah, the preview that I give here, especially with the the injury segment here, is um, you know it's only partial. Friday is usually the most telling day, especially for these uh, DNP and limited guys. So you really, I, I throw these names out there a lot to just kind of put them on your radar, so that you are checking your roster on Friday or Saturday to make sure that these guys are actually playing. Um, you know, nothing is certain at this point. Only a few of them, you know, we have strong indications on. You just got to put these guys on your radar. All right, uh, Cody, let's go ahead and jump into the matchup previews. Again, we are going to go AFC home games and then NFC home games, uh, AFC in part one, NFC part two. So if you are looking for a matchup or a player in one of those games, just go ahead and check the you know the recording that they will be on. We will try to uh, make sure we post all of our uh, you know time codes in the, the description as well. So if you're looking for a specific player, you can jump right to the game you need to hear about. Denver at Miami is the first game we're talking about. Miami is favored by 6.5 at home, over under a juicy 48.5 points. My stat of the game for this one, Miami leads the NFL in yards per play by a full yard at 7.3. Their offense has been extremely impressive through two games. 
On the Denver side, Cody, I think there are some interesting discussions to be had. Russell Wilson, solid QB2 play. I'm not ready to recommend him in a one-quarterback league, even though he is the QB3 on the season so far. I think you're we're not quite to the point where we are starting him over anybody you drafted to be a starter. Am I right about that? I do agree with that. I do think he can be in streaming consideration this week just due to the matchup. This should be a yeah. game where you know they're having to throw the ball basically for four straight quarters. So there may be an opportunity for him to be able to pad some stats you know, later in the game if Miami does get up by a touchdown or two. So if, you, if you're desperate, I, I don't mind turning to Russell Wilson. But like you said, you're probably more comfortable with either the guy you drafted or the streamer that you're sitting with as, we, you know, as you listen to this podcast. Would you start Wilson or Fields against the Chiefs? I'm definitely going Justin Fields. I'm not wavering until he officially makes me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will I will do the same. Uh, the running back room, uh, Javante Williams is definitely in play as a low-end RB2, especially with all of the uh, running back injuries that we are dealing with right now. Um, I, I still think that this split is worth monitoring. P. Ryan only had five touches last week, or five opportunities, four touches, but he did still lead the running back room in snaps, which was just very strange. So I'm not dropping P. Ryan yet either. I think I'm waiting one more week. If he does again or just isn't involved at all, you can go ahead and let him go. But we're playing Williams and sitting and waiting on P. Ryan. Uh, is that how you feel about it? Yep, absolutely. I do think P. Ryan can always just be a handcuff piece if you're in a really deep league where you know, sure. handcuffs are rostered. So if you're in that situation, I don't mind holding on to him a little bit longer. But yeah, it's a little bit concerning to see him on the field so much and not getting the ball. Yeah, definitely does not look like he is a priority in the send for offense at this point. But uh, yeah, like you said, Javante Williams will be more prone to uh, soft tissue injuries because he's coming off of that uh, ACL tear. So not a bad guy to have as a handcuff. Regardless, wide receiver room, I think now that Judy's back, he's probably the only one we're really considering. Sutton would be more of a super deep league play. He has gotten some targets, but thus doesn't have a crazy high ceiling in my opinion. As far as Judy is concerned, uh, it was a dud week one uh, in his return from a hamstring injury. He's a bit risky, but like you said, this is a pretty juicy matchup. Are you ready to run him back out there? I'm okay with throwing Judy out there. Yeah, I actually like some of these names that you have listed here, so I'll let you kind of throw uh, throw those to me, and then we'll be able to kind of place them. Sure. So I'll just give you the list of four guys here and go ahead and rank them for me. Uh, Jerry Judy, Drake London, who is at Detroit. DJ Moore at Kansas City or Christian Kirk uh, at home against Houston? Yeah, so the only guy I would play over Jerry Judy this week would be DJ Moore in that Kansas City matchup. And really, okay. it's very similar reasons for both guys. I think both of these teams you know, may not be losing by a lot, but are probably going to be trailing or it's going to be a close for the Broncos' sake, it might might be a little bit of a closer game going into the fourth quarter, and I think that these offenses are going to be able to fully operate. So I like Judy and Moore quite a bit this week. I would say that they're probably a step ahead of Drake London and Christian Kirk. I know London's coming off a pretty solid week too, but I am just now ready to trust the passing game for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, definitely going to be fickle for Atlanta. We'll get to that game uh, in our part two, actually, because it's an NFC home game, but uh, I think I would have Judy at the top of this list myself. I just want pieces of this game. Uh, there are a couple of games that have Don't higher over under totals on the slate, and then there are a couple uh, that are lower. So we're really this is kind of a a tale of a couple, you know, like two halves of games basically, where you know you really want to just focus your pieces on the games that have the higher over unders. There's not a lot living in the middle this week, as like the, I felt like last week there was a lot of 44 to 46 over under totals. This week it's mostly 
47 or more or 42 and under. We want to target the games that have the high point totals. Absolutely. Um, we have anything else on Denver? I think we're we're good starting Judy as a low end two. Same with Williams. And then uh, Russ is a solid two QB lead play. Alrighty, guys, jumping over to the Dolphins. If there's a uh, strange audio cue there, it's because my internet uh, shit the bed real quick there. So thank you to Charter for that one. Uh, not a sponsor. Miami Dolphins are pretty simple. <laughs> in this game, you're pretty much starting all the options that you can. Uh, two is in your lineup. Mostert's in your lineup. He's a great start this week. High-end RB2. Uh, Waddle, if he plays, is in your lineup again. He has that concussion, so you got to monitor it. Then uh, Tyreek Hill is obviously in your lineup as well. Uh, do you have any interest in any of the auxiliary options, uh, either in the receiving core or, or at tight end, if Waddle sits? I I think I, I don't know because I don't know who I'd rather play between River Craycraft or Braxton Berrios. Um, yeah, I feel like I think they kind of like cancel two- each other out. Yeah, I feel like two weeks ago, Craycraft was more involved. Last week, it seems like Barrios got more involved. So I don't really trust either of those two guys. If Waddle does end up sitting, if you are super desperate and want to try Durham Smythe, you can, but you probably have a better option, you know, as you see here listening to this podcast. Yeah, I would think so as well. Um, yeah, again, Dolphins are super simple this week. You're starting Tua, starting Raheem. Uh, excuse me, Raheem Mostert, anti-Reek Hill, and then uh, start Waddle if he plays, but you got to keep an eye on his uh, status with the concussion. Jumping over to the Titans at the Browns. The Browns are favored by three and a half points at home, over under a not-so-juicy 39 and a half points in this one. My stat of the game, this one uh, made me kind of change my opinion on this game a little bit, to be honest. The Browns have outgained their opponents by 361 yards in their first two games. That is by far the biggest differential in the NFL. The Cowboys are in second at 261, so a full 100 yards better than the second-place team. That is pretty impressive. Uh, On the Tennessee side, with that being said, this Browns defense has looked Really elite so far. Uh, I don't don't think you're even glancing Tannehill's way. Uh, not even in a two QB league because you, you just really want to avoid this Cleveland matchup on the road. Um, I think obviously Henry, you're not going to be able to avoid starting. Ty J Spears, just wait and see. Uh, I think Hopkins is really the only guy you're making a legit lineup decision on, and I am not really too keen on playing him this week. I think in, you know, obviously three wide receiver leagues or 12 team plus leagues, you're probably going to have to play him, but I am not enthusiastic about it. How do you feel about Hopkins? Yeah, I don't love it. Um, He has been the target, you know, the main target getter for the Tennessee Titans. So if you're in any kind of PPR league, I think it does raise his floor just a little bit, but I don't think he has that, you know, elite ceiling that he used to have. And especially when you're looking at this Cleveland defense. So, um, I, I don't mind it, like you said, in deeper leagues, but if we're in a shallower league and you have some options to uh, to play over him, I would definitely look that way this week. Let me give you a few names that you can go ahead and rank for me uh, so that we get an idea where we are in Hopkins. Christian Kirk will use him again uh, at home against Houston. Zay Flowers, the Ravens are playing the Colts at home. And then Tyler Algier, uh, running back for the Falcons on the road against the Lions. Where would Hopkins fall in line with those guys? I think I would feel... Just because of the matchup this week, I'd rather play Kirk and Flowers, and then I'd probably still play Hopkins over Algier, unless it's just a straight non-PPR league. Yeah, um, Any kind of PPR, I'd go Hopkins over Algier, of course. 
yeah, that's exactly how I would uh, would have phrased it as well uh, with Algier. So, uh, yeah, I think we're we're a little down on Hopkins more so than usual. This is definitely a very tough matchup. Uh, they are number one uh, so far this year. The Browns are in uh, as as far as giving up points to the wide receiver and quarterback position. So, not a terrific position for uh, the Titans receiving options or their quarterback. Derrick Henry is really the only one you can feel good about starting on the Cleveland side. This Tennessee Titans defense, we've said it over and over and over uh, last year and at the beginning of this year, they are a very classic pass funnel. I am not quite as out on Watson as most people are. I feel like the the reaction to his play against a good Pittsburgh defense on the road was met with a lot of vitriol. I, I mean, I, I can get bashing Watson. I'm all for it. I don't love the guy, obviously, but... Uh, I don't think he's playing as bad as everyone is making it out to be. I mean, like I said, the, the Browns team is really dominating time. You know, they are dominating uh, moving the ball down the field as an offense and stopping the other team from moving the ball. That's kind of what you're trying to do in the NFL. They just got gave up two defensive touchdowns and lost by four on the road. So I'm definitely okay playing Watson in a, uh, a matchup that, again, should make him throw the ball against a weak secondary. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely don't think people should be out – as out on Watson as they are so far. I was just wanting to take a look. You know, he has been – he has five attempts rushing in the first game, six in the second game. Obviously got in the end zone the first game, which kind of helped his numbers a little bit that first week. But yeah. for fantasy football, QB five in week one. I know it was a rather weaker week, but still ended up with just around 24 fantasy points. So even though he's not looking his best, he could still do it, especially when he gets involved in running the football, which I kind of expect him to do. And – yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of right in the same spot with him. If he ends up looking real rough this week against, you know, a Tennessee defense that he should be able to get right on, then we can start raving some red flags. But if you if you draft him, this is the matchup you want to play him in. Yeah, agreed. Unless there's some uh, weather shenanigans that go on in Cleveland this weekend. Uh, if Watson duds Good against point. the Titans, then we can certainly have a conversation about his viability moving forward because this should be a pretty good matchup for him. On the uh, other side of the coin here, Jerome Ford is going to get his audition to be the the lead back here. I don't think Kareem Hunt will factor into the backfield that much this week, but it's a bad break. He gets a really tough Tennessee run defense. They were fantastic against the run last year, and they have been really good the first two weeks of this year as well. Uh, Who would you rather start, uh, Javante Williams or Jerome Ford? Yeah, go ahead and give me Javante Williams. Miami's defense has looked pretty solid so far as well, but like we like we had mentioned, this Cleveland Browns defense might might be fighting for the best defense in the league here in a couple weeks. They have been dominant uh, through the first two weeks of the season, so I think Jerome Ford's going to get enough volume to be fantasy relevant, but I don't think he's going to have any kind of a week-winning performance. I was looking at some numbers. If you take away his one big run where – it wasn't even a designed run. He kind of cut it right and then came all the way back around left. You take that play out, he's like right around three yards of carry. Very inefficient. So, you know, I, I just kind of see that kind of happening again with Tennessee. You hope he has to break one or obviously get in the end zone. That'll boost his numbers. But, you know, if we're looking at just Williams or Ford, I would play Javante Williams this week. I think Ford's a fine stash for the future, but this this defense is for real. Yeah, you're right. That uh, that that run really did boost his uh, you know overall totals as far as the box score is concerned. I was encouraged that he was involved in the pass game, caught a touchdown uh, pretty much right after Chubb left, got I think three or four targets. So if he's able to 
keep that number where it is. I think that will behoove him moving forward. It will be tough because Hunt will probably take over the passing downs role, even if Ford remains the the lead guy. But it will be interesting to see if he smashes in this matchup against Tennessee. I think uh, Jerome's Ford stock will be going through the roof because this uh, is very tough on paper. Not so tough for the pass catchers, though. Similarly to Watson, I think Cooper is pretty much a lineup lock. I saw I'd call him a solid wide receiver, too, this week. I don't see you getting away from him. I'd even consider Eli Moore. He uh, hasn't had the production yet, but he's had solid targets in both of the first two games. I believe he had seven in game one and then nine in game two. So against a weak secondary, I think he could definitely do worse. Rank these four players for me. Eli Moore, Romeo Dobbs at home against the Saints, Cortland Sutton in the previously mentioned Dolphins matchup, and then Tutu Atwell on Monday night against the Bengals. Mm, I think I'd be leaning... Probably between Tutu Atwell and Romeo Dobbs would be my first option. I'd probably go Atwell just because I imagine Dobbs, you know, is probably his points are probably going to come down a little bit with Christian Watson being back in the fold this week. But I would play Elijah Moore over Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton is a clear four for me there. I think I would take more over all these options, honestly. Uh, I'm not completely sold on Atwell as a player, and the Bengals' defense is pretty good on the road. I don't love that one. Cortland Sutton, just too low level of an option uh, upside-wise for me to consider here. And then uh, Romeo Dobbs, I don't like how Jaden Reed looked better and got a higher target share in the game that Watson uh, you know, was not in. So if Watson comes back, I think Dobbs would be number four on this list for me, honestly. But I like Eli more in this matchup. I think he'll get seven and nine targets, and I think uh, this is a defense you can really exploit. So I'm fine throwing him out there. Absolutely. David Njoku has not been impressive through the first two weeks. His involvement has been a little limited, uh, but I think in this matchup you can consider him uh, even as a low-end starter. So Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, or Sam Laporta, who are you starting uh, if you throw David Njoku in that mix? Um, I don't necessarily mind David Njoku in this matchup this week. He'd probably be – up there, but Sam Laporta's looked pretty good. I He would also be in consideration this week for me. Um, but I think it's between those two. I'm not as high on Fryermuth. I know you, I think over the past year and a half, I think you've liked Fryermuth quite a bit more than sure. I have. I've kind of just always thought he was probably more streamer than a full-time starter. And then Kyle Pitts, like I like I said on yesterday's podcast, if, if he has one good game, I would sell Kyle Pitts in a heartbeat. So, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I would probably go Laporta, Njoku, Fryermuth, Pitts. Yeah, I think I'd go Laporta, Fryermuth, Njoku, Pitts, but it would be pretty close between Njoku and Fryermuth. Laporta, the clear one, and Pitts, the clear four. So I can't argue too much with the way you have your list laid out there. Cody, let's fly through this next game here. Uh, the over-under somehow going to get much worse. New England at the <laughs> Jets. New England favored by two and a half points on the road over under a disgusting 36 and a half. Uh, we need a, a fart sound or something to, to, to convey our disgust at that, that uh, 36 and a half over under that is without weather being, you know, in the, in the factor, I think that's about as low as you are going to see for any NFL game. But my stat of the game for this one, the Patriots offense only mustered one touchdown and six field goals against this Jets D in two games last year. Expect a low-scoring affair because that Patriots offense is on one side and the Zach Wilson-led Jets are on the other. So I don't have a ton of confidence here. I think on the Patriots side, it's pretty simple. Stevenson is the only guy you are confidently starting, and I wouldn't even be that confident in him, but I can't imagine you're getting away from a guy that's getting 
a ton of work and is currently healthy. That is a big hurdle at the running back position right now. And then uh, I guess Hunter Henry is a streaming level tight end, but not not recommending Mac Jones. I'm not looking to anyone in the wide receiver room against this fantastic Jets secondary. And uh, like I said, yeah, Stevenson, I guess, is just kind of a volume play. Hopefully he gets some, some dump offs and boosts his PPR numbers. Yeah, this is not the game that I see Mac Jones having 40 you know, or 50-plus pass attempts. So all the pass catchers that have been kind of thriving the past two weeks, go ahead and hold on to them for a better matchup because this is not going to be it. Even Ramondre is a little bit dangerous just because the Jets' defense is so good. But like you said, it's going to be hard to turn away from them, especially with how just horrid the running back landscape looks right now. Yeah, I think uh, this this game is pretty easy, especially on the Patriots side. You're probably starting Stevenson. Don't feel great about it, but you're going to run him out there. Then Hunter Henry, low-level starter. I would throw him below all those tight end options I uh, gave in the last segment there, below Njoku, below uh, below Pitts, below Fryermuth for me. I think this is just not the game you want to target. He'll have better days ahead, but I am trying to avoid him. Absolutely, right there with you. On the Jets side, uh, there's only two guys we're really looking at here. Wilson is obviously not in consideration. Uh, in the running back room, Brees Hall, I I would call him. I think we're, we're looking at the Gabe Davis of running backs here, Cody. Uh, he had obviously the fantastic week one, didn't get into the end zone, but he looked great, and he had you know 150 total yards on like 11 touches. Then he goes out and goes four for nine against the Cowboys. He gets another really good defense here. So I think it's all about your matchup. I'm I, I'm hard pressed to really even throw a name of or a list of names together and tell you I'd start him you know below or above this guy. If you again are in a matchup you need to catch up, go ahead and play Brees Hall. If you think you just need ten to fifteen, I would look elsewhere. Yep, I 100% agree with you. I would also say you just got to be very careful with Brees Hall. He is completely boomer bust. As we saw last week, there's a chance that he just is not involved in the offense. Hopefully that was just a one week thing because he. He is clearly the better player between him and Dalvin yeah. Cook at this point in their careers. So you'd expect to see more Brees, but it's you know we did see what his floor looks like just last week. Yeah, no thanks on Dalvin Cook either. I think uh, there are plenty of other running back options, even in a week where we are really searching for them, that I would rather play over him. We'll get to those as we go on here. Garrett Wilson, uh, he is very similar to his teammate Brees Hall, in my opinion, where Obviously, it's going to be hard to avoid him. You drafted him in the second or third round. He's probably your wide receiver one on your team, if not your two. But uh, I, you know, I, I don't. I would not be too hard pressed to sit him. I think if you drafted a guy like Nico Collins late in your draft, I'd probably play him over Wilson in a vacuum. But again, he's a he's a big play machine. So if you need to catch up, go ahead and play Wilson. Otherwise, I think uh, there are options I would definitely consider over. Yep, I am right there with you. I actually like the list of names you got here as well. But, um, yeah, I love that you have Garrett Wilson, the Gabe Davis of wide receivers. That, <laughs> that is 100% the, the territory yes. that he has found himself in, unfortunately. 100%. Yeah, so let's give this list here real quick uh, between Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jerry Judy. Who would you play out of those three guys? I'm going Judy number one. I love the matchup there. I think him, you know, like you said earlier, you want pieces of that matchup. Um, and then I think as we like as weird as it is, I think it kind of depends on your matchup between Wilson and London because as really just backward as this is to say, I feel like London is the safer play, but Wilson does have the higher ceiling because he's 
probably going to get more opportunity being one of the only playmakers, you know, on the outside for the Jets. Yeah, in London's case, you would hope that matchup lends itself to the receiving options in Atlanta. I mean, they're probably going to beat their head against a brick wall and running against a good run D anyway, but uh, I think London will be necessary in a game that should have a lot more scoring than this one. So I would take London over Wilson too. Uh, again, depends on your matchup. If you need a big play, Wilson can definitely provide that. We saw it last week, but there is a chance that, you know, Wilson doesn't catch that touchdown and he is giving you a catch or two for 20 yards and he could really kill you. Absolutely. Moving on to another divisional matchup here, the Texans at the Jaguars. The Jaguars favored by nine and a half points at home, over under a solid 44 in this one. My stat of the game, this was pretty surprising, even considering how bad Jacksonville has been lately. Jacksonville is 3-15 and versus Houston in its last 18 games. They actually won the last meeting between these two teams. Uh, I believe it was 31-3 to in Houston late in the season last year, and then they, remember, lost early in the year to Houston at home. Uh, in just what was a complete dud of a game from Jacksonville. So uh, that is part of the reason we do not like to the target divisional games for, uh, you know, big, you know, you just, you just never really know what's going to happen with these matchups because these teams know each other better than uh, most. But on the Houston side, I think there are some interesting plays here. Stroud, I think is in the two QB league uh, consideration. I'd put him above both the guys in the game we just talked about. And we'll go forward here, but I think you can, you know, you can do a lot worse in a super flex situation. Damian Pierce, Cody, it's been a rough, rough ride so far. Uh, I don't know if this game bodes much better. It's another game where he is a large underdog on the road. That's not great for running backs. Are you uh, confident throwing him out there, or are we trying to avoid? Yeah, another guy that's just going to be tough to avoid what should be a workhorse, like you said, when the running back, you know, just landscape is very desolate this week. So you're probably not going to be able to avoid him, but definitely temper expectations. Probably closer to a back end wide or running back too, you know, just like a kind of flex level option. Um, Yeah, I I don't have a whole bunch of confidence in him really being able to do much. He's just not really been as involved in the passing game as you'd like to see when you see a spread this big. And, you know, if they get down by, you know, a touchdown, 10 points quickly, Damian Pierce can be completely phased out. So your hope really is that Houston finds a way to be able to stick into this game and Damian Pierce can finally get a full workload for the first time this season. Yeah, we're kind of learning on the fly what CJ CJ Stroud's tendencies are going to be in the NFL. We have a very small sample size so far, so I don't want to overreact to it. But at this point, he has been he has been targeting his wide receivers at a higher clip than most quarterbacks, and has not been a guy that's been really dumping the ball down to his tight ends and running backs. So, could be a uh, you know an omen of things to come for Pierce. Could also just be a small sample size. So. Uh, I get it. If you want to, you know, if you don't have any better options, you got to run him out there. He'll get work, but it, it is not a great situation. And he has dudded the last two weeks in very similar circumstances. Real quick here, Cody, uh, Damian Pierce or Brees Hall. I would probably play Brees Hall in just about every okay. situation, just because of what the game script looks like for both guys. That tells me a decent amount. How you feel about Pierce last one, Pierce or Algier. I'm probably still going Pierce, but it is, it okay. is with, very, I mean, I do not feel very good about it. I, I could yeah, be facts. talked, could be talked into Algier if someone really wanted to make a strong argument for him. Yeah, the fact that those two are close should tell you probably all you need to know about how we feel about Pierce right now. Uh, probably more of a flex, not even in, not even in the RB two range if we uh, had rankings. 
Wide receiver room, there are some interesting options here. I think you're starting Nico Collins right now. I like the player quite a bit. I'd call him a low-end wide receiver to another matchup that profiles as one that they will need to catch up in, and uh, we should see plenty of pass attempts and plenty of balls thrown towards Nico Collins. Uh, are you similar on Collins? Or are you not as bullish? Nope. Go ahead and fire Nico Collins up. If this game plays out the way Vegas thinks it is, this is a guy you should be targeting this week. And then Tank Dell and Robert Woods, I see them pretty similarly for this week in fantasy as far as, um, you know, if you're if you're throwing one of those guys in your lineup, I would expect seven to nine targets from both of them uh, if this game plays out the way we think it will. Uh, Tank Dell is obviously the more interesting option to have on your uh, team moving forward. But either, both ways, I you know, Tank Dell, he had a great game last week, but it was really his first game in the starting lineup. I would prefer to wait and make sure that he is going to hold that role. Uh, but he's a really, really interesting stash candidate right now. Yeah, 100%. I don't really feel too great about playing either of these guys. Like you said, they're good. hopefully going to get between six and eight targets apiece, so it all depends on what happens with those. I'd rather play Tank Dell over Robert Woods just for the excitement yeah. of the younger guy, but they're both kind of just desperation dart throws if you're in a deeper league. Yeah, Woods is in consideration, though. He has gotten uh, at least six targets in both games so far. Got nine last week. Uh, again, they're just they're slinging it with C.J. Stroud quite a bit right now, so that puts all of these guys in consideration. Uh, I'm trying to look for some deeper league options that I would probably play Woods over, like Thielen. If you're going that low, I'd probably pivot to Woods at that point. Yep. Uh, maybe even um, you know Dalvin Cook in the game previous, I'd probably pivot to Woods at that point, too. So. Anyway, he is an option uh, if you are in a super deep PBR league. On the Jacksonville side, pretty simple up top. Trevor Lawrence in your lineup. Travis Etienne, smash play this week, has RB1 overall potential in a soft matchup against Houston. The wide receivers, uh, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but hopefully Zay Jones just sits out a week, gets his knee healthy, and this makes it real easy for us. We can start Ridley and Kirk very confidently. I think Ridley either way is in your lineup, but uh, Kirk... And Jones, I would see more as wide receiver three slash flex options if uh, they bol- if Jones is able to go. It's just uh, you know not a matchup that projects to have Lawrence sl- throwing the ball you know thirty five plus times. Yep, I was actually doing a little bit of research here, and it it is trending like Zay Jones will not play this weekend. So as you are as we are recording this podcast, I'm going to assume he's not playing. Fire Kirk up, fire Ridley up. And uh, I think you'll be pretty happy with those. This is one of these offenses that are, I mean, if one of them gets hurt, just the rest of them, really their stock goes up quite a bit because there's already a little bit, you know, too many mouths to feed on the offense. So hopefully, like you said, Jones sits, gets that knee healthy, and you can just fire up all these pass catchers. Yeah, we, we compare this offense to San Francisco. We just saw what happened when San Francisco, one of their options sits. Brandon Ayuk doesn't play in this game. McCaffrey has a great game. Uh, Devo has a great game and George Kittle has a great game because the condensation of targets, uh, you know, makes things a lot easier as far as the math is concerned. I think you could see something similar here in Jacksonville. Evan Ingram has been one of the only guys in fantasy. Honestly, I feel like his value has not moved at all. He is like the perennial tight end eight and I would still probably put him right about there. So if you drafted him to be a starter, he's probably still in your lineup. I think Sam Laporta might be the only you know, late round tight end that I would probably play over Ingram, but uh, either way, Ingram is probably your starter if you drafted him. Was it uh, was it TJ Hawkinson before he got traded? Our perennial tight end seven. 
Yes, every single week to Ingram. That's right. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> All right. Took good. Over Glad the, 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 the reins as perennial tight end seven. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Got to love when you see roles get filled by other guys. That, that is awesome. Makes our job easy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up these AFC home games. we got Indianapolis at Baltimore, Baltimore favored by eight and a half. The over under is 45 Nick's stat of the game. After 50-plus rushing yards last week, Lamar Jackson has 48 games of 50-plus rushing yards, which passes Cam Newton for second all-time by a quarterback. Michael Vick with 54 is at number one. So, Nick, I'm going to put you on the spot, actually, with that stat. Do you think Lamar gets 254, or let's actually let's put the number a little bit lower. Do you think he gets to 52 by the end of the season? Oh, he'll get to 55 by the end of the season. I, I don't know how many starts Lamar Jackson has made off the top of my head, but I have to imagine it's less than 96, which would be you know half the time he's at 50-plus rushing yards, I think, with, what are we looking at, 14 games left right now, uh, or 15 games left even. That's plenty of time for him to get to uh, seven more 50-plus rushing yard games. He I think we'll get there and pass it. And right. He's only, what is he, 26, 27 right now? It's really impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is going to smash that record as long as he stays healthy. Another guy who may end up uh, contesting for that record one day in his career, Anthony Richardson. He has proven to have a very safe rushing floor so far to start his career. I would have felt comfortable playing him if he was practicing, but he has been uh, in concussion protocol. Now, if he does, is it concussion protocol with Richardson? Is that correct? Okay. Uh, Obviously, with that. injuries coming into last week as well they might be dealing with too i'm not sure but i see i know it was i think it was a little bit his knee got a little bit banged up in week one i couldn't remember if that got reflared up or if it was a concussion so if it's just the concussion if he plays and you have the stones to put him in your lineup feel free to but i think just go ahead and sit him for this week and let him uh or uh for your fantasy team i think there's plenty of streaming options out there and some of these juicy matchups you can play yeah, it just depends on what you're looking at. I think uh, if you can have you have one of the higher level options like Goff or Geno Smith at home against the Panthers, I'd probably pivot there instead of Richardson. But um, you know, if you were an Aaron Rodgers slash Anthony Richardson drafter or a Daniel Jones slash Anthony Richardson drafter, I'd be all right throwing him out there. The concussion is one of those that's pretty black and white. If he's able to play, I wouldn't think he's going to have any restrictions. So uh, you can play him, but. Like Cody said, already a tough matchup on the road. They might not want to run him as much coming off the concussion, too. Yeah, absolutely. Running back Zach Moss, he's an RB2 level player. Obviously, this game script does not bode well for the running backs, but unlike Damian Pierce, Zach Moss is that guy in the backfield. He will be the number one until JT returns, if he returns. So if you have Zach Moss, you paid up for him or you stashed him a little bit earlier in the season, fire him back up. Um, Probably not going to be the best, most efficient week, but if he gets in the end zone, he's probably saving your bacon there as an RB2. Yeah, too much volume to ignore at the running back position right now. He played, I think, 98% of snaps last week. He's probably starting for you. Absolutely. Let's jump into some pass catchers here. Michael Pittman, 11 targets in week one, 12 in week two. He has been a target machine for this offense. I feel pretty good about playing him, even regardless of quarterback. He seems to be the number one in here. They have a lot of plays designed for him to get the ball. So with a negative game script in mind, I do think there's another a good chance he gets to another 10-plus target game. And then I just want to mention Josh Downs. I don't necessarily love him 
uh, yet. I want to see him kind of get a little bit more involved. But if you play DFS, I think that he could be a, be a nice DFS play. Uh, if they are down in this game and having to pass, he may he may end up getting in the end zone of time with on a big play or something like that. Yeah, Downs, interesting stash guy. And like you said, maybe a DFS play if you're looking for a really low-level player to, to fill out your roster and stack it with studs and other spots. But uh, yeah, Pittman, I think, is a bona fide wide receiver too right now. He's almost better off if Minshew plays because he'll probably throw more. So either way, Pittman's in your lineup. This Raven secondary is really beat up. It's uh, honestly a pretty good matchup. Absolutely. Let's jump over to the Baltimore side. Basically every week here with Baltimore, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews are in your lineup. In the running back room, I feel pretty good actually about Gus Edwards this week. Like you said in the news and notes, Justice Hill is probably going to miss. If that happens to be the case, I do think that Gus Edwards could, you know, be the guy that grinds out the clock at the end of the game. If they end, if they end up getting up by 10, 14 in the second half, you could see a healthy dosage of him. So I'd have him as a low-end RB2 option. Obviously, if something happens and Justice Hill ends up playing in this game, ignore everything I just said. I'd probably not want to play either guy, but I feel pretty good about Gus Edwards as long as Hill is not in there. Yeah, the Colts' Rundy's actually been sneaky good so far this year. Whenever they have Shaquille Leonard in the lineup, they play a lot better uh, against the run, which makes sense. If you have a dominant middle linebacker, that really helps uh, control the run game, especially for guys like Gus Edwards that run between the tackles. But if there's no hill, he should get a ton of volume and a game they're favored by a lot at home. Uh, be hard to avoid him. He's like a, uh, a rich man's Tyler Algier, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair statement. Let's jump into these pass catchers here. We got Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr. In my opinion, and just looking at the stats, I believe Flowers has taken the wide receiver one spot in this room already. He did not have the best week two for fantasy, but I do think that uh, he did show that he is, you know, he was out there more than any other wide receiver. I didn't look at the targets, but he still ended up with a fair share of targets. He just didn't really do too much with them last week. Um, So, out of these three guys, he's really the only one I'd feel comfortable playing. Not the best game script, so you may be a little bit concerned about that, but I, I'd be perfectly fine throwing Zay Flowers in my flex spot this week. Yeah, me too. Like you said, only five targets last week, but uh, he made another big play. Uh, looks like he is you know, one of the go-to guys on this offense right now. So I think I'd put him just below the guy on the other side, Michael Pittman, but I'd probably play him above Garrett Wilson, who we've already talked about. Even DJ Moore, who we'll uh, talk about later, I'd play uh, Zay Flowers over him. So he is, if not a wide receiver too, just below it. Absolutely. All right, let's get into actually some Chicago Bears options here. We got Chicago at Kansas City. Kansas City favored by 13 points at home. The over-under at 48. Uh, May end up making its way into our best bets. That, uh, That line is a little bit high for me when we have not seen the Chiefs really dominate to start the season so cody may try and make some there's going to be a surprise bet that makes its way into the best best that you're not going to like but uh you'll we'll we'll just we'll save that i'll I'll throw that little that's fine it involves this game all right well let's see i'm i'm excited to hear it uh let's go to nick's stat of the game here pat Mahomes has averaged 4791 passing yards and 38 touchdowns per season Eric, your Bears franchise records in those categories are 3,838 and only 29 passing touchdowns. So not, not wonderful stats there by your Chicago Bears. No, and I don't believe that uh, 
Justin Fields is anywhere near on pace to break those records through two weeks. No, so no, he's not. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that turns around for my fantasy teams as well as Knicks and for you know the the lifeblood of Chicago Bears fans. But I still think you put Fields in your lineup this week. Um, ju- or not, <laughs> um, Nick? Do you have any concerns with Justin Fields in this matchup? I think this is one. If they do end up getting down. He's going to be running. He's going to have to probably run around. He's going to be throwing the ball a bunch. I think this is a great matchup for him fantasy-wise. Should be. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely have some concerns. I think uh, you're kind of hoping the play caller in Chicago, Luke Getze, designed some runs for fields. He really hasn't done it in the first two weeks. Hopefully they, you know, they kind of feel their backs against the wall a little bit here and just start using his best asset, which is his legs. Uh, one of the most frustrating things about Fields, if you just really think about this, if you're Justin Fields, you are. Uh, you can look at the other side of the field and say, I'm either faster than you or I'm bigger than you to every single person on the defense. Why would you not use your legs to at least keep the defense honest? It's going to open things up for the, uh, you know, just throwing the ball down the field in general. So uh, I hopefully they start designing some runs. If they come out in the first couple of quarters, they're not doing that. I'll be really concerned. But uh, once they do, he'll be very good for fantasy. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about some running backs here. Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson are the two guys. I prefer Rashawn both this week and rest of season. We have seen the Bears turn it over to the rookie in garbage time. Wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Nick, do you have anything uh, positive to say about Khalil Herbert? Are you feeling, you know, do you feel confident really playing him at all this week? Yeah, I think he is similar to Brees Hall in that you're probably going to need a big play for Herbert to pay off. Uh, I would agree. I prefer Johnson rest of season in this game. I think I'm just trying. I'm, I would be trying to avoid both of them. I think they have pretty low floors. Um, both of them do. It's just hard to know exactly how they're going to be used. But I guess I might lean Johnson because, like you said, there should be a decent amount of garbage time in this game, and that figures to uh, to work in Roshan's favor. Yep, absolutely. Uh, wide receiver DJ Moore, you know what he is. He is boom bust, but the game script should be beneficial for him. And then last but not least, Cole Komet, same thing. Game script should benefit the ancillary pass catchers as well. So I think you could fire up Cole Komet if you have him rostered this week. Yeah, he'd be just below the you know top eight to nine tight ends that we drafted uh, to be starters. I think he is the best, uh, one of the best streaming candidates that is out there. Especially if Darnell Mooney sits, I think you know five targets is the floor for Komet, and uh, he'll he'll do well for you in half and full PPR to to not goose. Absolutely, all right. On the Kansas City side of things, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey in your lineups. Running back room always a pleasure to talk about here. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I believe if Pacheco plays, you could play him as a low-end RB2. He's always going to be better in non-PPR. I think a lot of people understand that at this point in his career. If Pacheco were to sit for any reason this week, I do think Clyde has a little bit more interesting in all formats just because they will use him as a pass catcher out of the backfield. That's probably the best part of his game um, you know, in this Chiefs offense. So. I think Pacheco in PPR and half PPR is a little risky, even if he does play. And then if if he doesn't, I think Clyde actually has a higher, probably a higher floor and a higher ceiling in PPR leagues. Yeah, I'm not as uh, I'm probably a little more bullish on this Chiefs backfield than you are uh, coming into this week. I think I'd be wanting to start whoever the starter is here. If it's Pacheco and he's good to go, I'll play him pretty confidently as an RB two. And uh, Ceh with a little less confidence, just because his role probably wouldn't be as assured, but 
I'd be confident he'd touch the ball 10 to 15 times against a bad Bears defense in a good Chiefs offense. That's probably going to be enough to get you where you need to go for fantasy. Yeah, terrible Bears run defense, actually. That's a, that's awful, a good point yeah. to bring up. Uh, in the wide receiver room, I guess if I'm going to say anything, Tony would be the guy I'd play or just keep on my roster. All are extremely risky. Really don't want to play any of them, but any any other words of encouragement for any other pass catchers on the Chiefs? Yeah, go ahead and stash your favorite one, but I can't recommend playing any of them right now, especially because Tony has that toe injury that we talked about earlier. Uh, he might not even play. He was a DNP on Thursday. doesn't make a ton of sense for the Chiefs to force out a very injury-prone player in a matchup they should win without him. Absolutely. All right, let's transition over to Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Las Vegas favored by two and a half. The Pittsburgh Steelers cannot stop being underdogs to start this season. Over-under is set at 43. Stat of the game provided by Nick. Steelers have been outgained by 150-plus yards in both games this year. That obviously bodes very well for the stat about the Browns that we had mentioned earlier, being their uh, Week 2 matchup. So let's jump in here. Kenny Pickett, I think he's a low-end QB2 option. I think that... Uh, even though the over/under is not necessarily high, I could see this game, you know, kind of getting up there in score with both teams. Just, I think Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit better, but I'm not too afraid of Las Vegas's. Do you feel okay throwing Pickett out there in a two QB league? In two QB, yeah, he's a he's a fine option. Um, he hasn't looked great so far, but this is by far the easiest matchup he's had. So hopefully, they can uh, get things rolling on the offensive side. Absolutely, another fun running back conversation here: Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Najee continues to have a slight lead in snaps. He's had eight more snaps per week um, than Warren, but Warren has been much more involved in the passing game. I think we're both officially on team Jalen Warren at this point. Any words of encouragement for Najee Harris owners? This is a make-or-break week for Najee, I think. Um, This Raiders front is pretty soft. Uh, They should be able to run on them, especially between the tackles. That should bode well for Najee. If he has another dud here, I think you can uh, sound the panic alarm if you haven't already. But I still think he's a low-end RB2. He should get a a lot of work in a matchup that bodes well for him. He's played two pretty tough defenses to start the year. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just the game where he gets a soft matchup, looks pretty good, and then everyone's right back on the Najee Harris train. And on the sell on the him. I told you so train, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I would absolutely sell him if he torches the, uh, the Raiders yes, this weekend. Definitely do. The wide receiving room, a little bit more interesting. We have been a little bit down on George Pickens, I think, compared to the industry through the entire draft process. And then obviously Allen Robinson is there. Uh, George Pickens finally got elite target numbers last week. I believe he had 10 targets. So a little skeptical, but I am a little bit more interested at the same time. I think you can play him this week in this matchup. Robinson is a little bit more risky, but this is not the worst matchup if you have to play him. You know, if you're desperate, I think you can plug him in there, but probably a very low level option. Yeah, very low level option for Allen Robinson. I'd probably rather play the likes of Robert Woods than Allen Robinson, if that tells you. That's all you got to say. uh, Yeah, George Pickens. (laughs) Yeah, that is all all you need to hear. George Pickens, definitely uh, wide receiver two, probably starting for you. I think things have broke exactly how you would hope for him so far this year. Deontay's out. He's the lead guy, clearly, and he got a ton of targets last week. So against a soft secondary, he's in your lineup. Absolutely. All righty. And then last but not least, Pat Fryermuth, lower end starter. If he has another dud, I may start to get a little bit more concerned about keeping, just keep throwing him out there. But 
as we mentioned about a lot of these guys, this is the kind of matchup that you probably want to go ahead and target the, uh, the just honestly, the Steelers options in general, they've had two really tough matchups to start the season. Yeah. Very similar to Najee. We need to see something from Friar this week. Otherwise his uh, status as a weekly plug and play will come into serious question. Absolutely. On the Vegas Raiders side, Jimmy G, a very low-end QB2 option. Would you play Jimmy G or Ryan Tannehill if you were stuck with that option in, in a super flex or 2QB? Give me Jimmy G. I think he's got the slightly better supporting cast. And this Steelers defense, uh, the front has been really good. They created some turnovers against Cleveland last week, but the rest of their defense has been pretty suspect. The Browns and the 49ers were really able to move the ball pretty effectively against them in both games. They were just able to come up with a couple scores uh, against the Browns, so they saved the win. But I'm a little concerned about uh, this defense moving forward from just a you know play-to-play standpoint. Absolutely. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, both guys are in your lineup. Uh, last guy here on the Raiders, I want to mention Jacoby Myers. He got cleared this week, got or today, got the healthy tag, I believe. So I'm a little higher on Myers returning uh, than I think the industry is. I looked him up on Fantasy Pros before we recorded this. He was extremely low. I don't know if they just maybe have not updated it since he got the healthy designation, but I think right. he can return to a role you know, similar to what we saw in week one. He's going to be a little bit boom bust just because we could see the, you know the offense turn just more towards Devontae Adams, and you can't really blame them you know blame them for doing so. But you know Jacoby did definitely have a defined role while he was there. I don't think that we saw anything while the week that from the week he was gone to not think he's going to get that role back. Yeah, I'm fine throwing Myers out there if you have to. Obviously, you'd like to just make sure he has that role on lock and he's healthy from uh, his vicious hit that he took in week one that caused the concussion but if you uh if you have to throw him out there especially in full pbr uh you could do a lot worse for sure i think i'd have him above uh eli moore who i talked about liking earlier definitely Cortland sutton definitely romeo dobbs uh, i'd play him over two two atwell um you know so he's he's in the back end wide receiver three range absolutely all righty let's jump into the last game of this episode we got the los angeles rams at the cincinnati Bengals. cincinnati favored by two and a half the over under at 43 and a half and this is another one of those monday night football double headers uh stat of the game rams have the most plays in the nfl Bengals have the fourth fewest so would make sense why some Rams options maybe have been overperforming for fantasy and why some Cincinnati exactly. options have been underperforming for fantasy. You Funny how just, those things kind of work out. You dug right to the point of that nugget, Cody. I appreciate that. There we go. Love that. Uh, let's start here on the Rams side. Matthew Stafford is a QB2 option. If you're extremely desperate, I think he could be a lower end streamer for you. You know, if you had. Let's say you had Richardson and Rodgers was your second quarterback. If Stafford's out there, are you playing Richardson over Matthew Stafford this week? I probably would if he's healthy, uh, but Stafford's a decent option. Uh, he hasn't had great fantasy numbers so far, but that's mostly because a lot of the touchdowns have happened to go in on the ground. I think they've had five rushing and one throwing, so those numbers will even out in the long run. And, uh, yeah, this, this offense has looked pretty good. I think Stafford's a fine option. I think he's a great, great guy to go grab if you have Joe Burrow. Because that way you can just throw Stafford in there if Burrow's not playing, and then uh, you know you don't have to even worry about the Monday night aspect of it. Absolutely. 
Uh, Kyron Williams. Honestly, let's just say thank you to the Rams for being probably the only team that was ever just like, we, there's questions around our running back room. Yeah, we're just going to send one to another <laughs> team and just no and just give you yeah. guys the no questions here for your podcast. So Kyron Williams is in your lineup. Puka yep. Nakua also in your lineup. Tutu yep. Atwell is probably the only other receiver you'd consider here. I I liked him a little bit more when I was thinking Joe Burrow was going to play. If Joe Burrow, for some reason, does not, I don't like him as much because I think this game kind of swings a little bit back in the Rams' favor. So maybe you have to keep an eye out for that. Um, I have this here. I think I know this answer pretty easily now. Tutu Atwell or Jacoby Myers? Yeah, I, I didn't even read this section of the notes, but I saw the future. Uh, yeah, I would I would go with Jacoby Myers as long as he's uh, healthy. It looks like he is good to go. He had that full practice on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you as well. Uh, that is honestly why I had that in there. Is I was looking at fantasy pros and these two guys were right next to each other, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's a little, that's a little odd because I feel like Jacoby Myers is the clear option out of those two. Um, let's uh, Tyler Higby. He's a streaming level tight end. He kind of is who he is as well. Um, yeah. If Joe Burrow doesn't play, don't love the game script. But if you're kind of locking them in, just keep them in there. There's not going to be a pivot option most likely on Monday Night Football. Don't think so. All righty. And then let's wrap this up. Cincinnati, uh, let's go QB Joe Burrows. If he plays, are you still just throwing, are you still playing him for fantasy? I think I'm fine with it. Uh, the Rams defense has not been, uh, it's been up and down, obviously, against the 49ers. They got lit up a little bit, but a lot of teams would. They played well against the Seahawks. I think what they really are as a defense is still definitely up in the air. Uh, but Burrow is, you know, he's Joe Burrow. He can beat good matchups even, uh, you know, even if this defense ends up being a better one when it's once the year ends. I think if he's your starter, you're rolling him out there as long as he uh, is starting and active. Absolutely. I did want to mention, I know you mentioned Matthew Stafford. Baker Mayfield may not be the worst pivot option for Monday Night Football as well. We have sure. seen the Philadelphia Eagles secondary get torched so far this season. So, yeah, you know, if Matthew Stafford happens to be rostered, take a look at Baker as a potential last-minute substitution. Yeah, uh, The rest of Cincinnati is extremely easy. I believe Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins you're putting in your lineup. Uh, if Joe Burrow doesn't play, you're probably stuck with him in your lineup at that point. I don't think you're going to go play a guy like Tutu Atwell over a T. Higgins. Or I'm sorry, I know that's the same game, but you're not going to play a Tutu Atwell level player over a guy like T. Higgins just because of the risk of Joe Burrow. So uh, I think all these guys are in your lineup. And then Irv Smith is still the same kind of thing. We, we want to see this offense show a little bit more before we recommend streaming him at the tight end position. Yeah. Starting the wide receivers, even if Joe Burrow's not in the lineup, I think their you know their upside's just too great to ignore. And then uh, Mixon is maybe even gets a slight bump up if there's no Joe Burrow. I'm sure he'll be heavily involved in that situation. All right, beautiful. That's going to wrap up the AFC side of this thing for you. We are going to knock out the NFC right now. That way we can get these both posted for, on Friday. So if you stuck through this episode, go check out the NFC home games. Peace out, everybody. See you.